From MPB Think Radio, this is Money Talks. Kevin Farrell here with Ryder Taft, Portfolio Manager at New Perspectives. Nancy Lottridge-Anderson out today. She'll be back on the show shortly. If you have a son or daughter that's just graduated high school, a huge step is straight ahead. One of the biggest adjustments in anyone's life is when they're fresh in the world of adulthood. Among those challenges for new adults is managing finances, especially when leaving for college away from home. When do you start preparing your kids for financial independence? When you went off to college, how difficult was it was managing your own money on your own for the first time? Give us a call this morning with comments and personal finance questions. The number is 1-877-MPB-RING. Our phone number is one 672 7464 or send an email to money at mpbonline.org. This is Money Talks on MPB Think Radio. Live from NPR News in Washington, I'm Nora Rahm. British police say they've arrested a man in connection with last night's attack at a concert in Manchester that killed 22 people. Meanwhile, Prime Minister Theresa May says security services believe they know the identity of the suicide bomber. NPR's Frank Langfitt reports. The Prime Minister said the government could not confirm the attacker's identity to the public yet. In fact, security services here often keep the name of a terror attacker private for some time so as not to tip off associates to police raids. May also called last night's attack one of the worst in UK history. All acts of terrorism are cowardly attacks on innocent people. But this attack stands out for its appalling, sickening cowardice, deliberately targeting innocent, defenseless children and young people who should have been enjoying one of the most memorable nights of their lives. May said the UK terror threat level remains severe, which means another terror attack remains highly likely. Frank Langford, NPR News, London. President Trump is on his way to Rome for the third leg of his first foreign trip as president. NPR's Sylvia Pajoli reports he'll meet the Pope. During the presidential campaign, the Pope and candidate Trump exchanged sharp barbs from a distance on the issue of immigration. They also diverge on climate change, free market capitalism, and their approach to refugees from some Muslim countries. The Rome stop was added on late to the president's itinerary. The Vatican squeezed the meeting in so Francis wouldn't have to skip his weekly audience with the general public. The president's chief strategist is Steve Bannon, a conservative Catholic who does not share most of Pope Francis's views of the world. Earlier this month, the Pope told reporters he would be sincere with Trump despite their differences and that they would talk about things they have in common. Sylvia Poggioli, NPR News, Rome. A new poll from the Pew Research Center finds support for NATO is up on both sides of the Atlantic. NPR's Merritt Kennedy reports. U.S. support of NATO has climbed nine percentage points in the last year, with about six in ten people seeing it favorably. And while Republicans are slightly less supportive of NATO than last year, this result is fueled by Democrats, who showed a whopping 20 percentage point jump in support for the alliance. The poll comes on the heels of the turbulent U.S. presidential race. European leaders were alarmed when then-candidate Trump said the alliance was obsolete. He has since reversed his position, calling it no longer obsolete. Support for the alliance strengthened in European countries and Canada. But when asked about whether they would be willing to come to an ally's defense against Russia, results varied. Germany was the least inclined to do so, at 40 percent supporting, while the Netherlands was the most willing, with almost three out of four people in favor. Merrick Kennedy, NPR News, Washington. On Wall Street, the market is mixed. The Dow is up more than 12 and a half points. The Nasdaq is down six points. This is NPR News from Washington.
President Trump sends his proposed budget to Congress today. It calls for cutting almost $3.6 trillion in government spending over the next 10 years, including more than $800 billion from Medicaid. An artificial intelligence program has scored an early victory against the world's top-ranked player in the board game Go. NPR's Anthony Kuhn reports the machine has won the first of a three-game match that concludes on Saturday. The human in the match is 19-year-old Kujie, who became a professional Go master at age 11. He swore the AI program wouldn't beat him, but today at least it did. The match is being held in Wuzhen, a picturesque river town west of Shanghai. The program AlphaGo was created by a sister company of Google. What's really amazed observers is the program's ability to make quirky, unorthodox moves and to mimic human intuition. Google's search engine is blocked in China, and its government has banned the match from being broadcast on the Internet. Anthony Kuhn, NPR News, Beijing. Two American astronauts are wrapping up a spacewalk outside the International Space Station. Commander Peggy Whitson is replacing a critical relay box, while her colleague Jack Fisher installed new antennas. This is Whitson's 10th spacewalk, and at 57, she's the oldest woman to fly in space. British actor Roger Moore died today. The announcement came from his family, who said he died in Switzerland from cancer. Moore was perhaps best known for his 12 years playing secret agent James Bond, 007. Roger Moore was 89. I'm Nora Rahm, NPR News in Washington. Support for NPR comes from Atlassian, maker of collaboration software Jira, Confluence, Bitbucket, and Trello working to help teams across industries ascend to new heights to create what's next. Learn more at Atlassian.com. Atlassian. Team up. You're listening to Money Talks on MPB Think Radio. To call the show, dial 1-877-MPB-RING. That's 877-672-7464. Or email money at mpbonline.org. This is MPB Think Radio. Welcome back. This is Money Talks on MPB Think Radio. Kevin Farrell here with Ryder Taft, Portfolio Manager at New Perspectives. Nancy Lotridge-Anderson is out this, uh, this week. She'll be back on the show soon. Thousands of young men and women have just recently walked across the high school graduation stage here in Mississippi and across the country. Now adulthood waits. Among the challenges for new adults is managing their finances, especially when leaving for college away from home. So when do you start preparing your child for financial independence? And when you went off to college, how difficult was it managing your own money on your own for the first time? Give us a call this morning with your questions and comments and your personal finance questions. The number is 1-877-MPB-RING. It's 1-877-672-7464. You can send us an email to money at mpbonline.org. So if you're a parent who has a child headed off to college, if you're recently graduated from college and could uh, share your perspectives with us, or if you've got a personal finance question, then please give us a call today. We've got some open phone lines, and again, the phone number is one eight seven seven mpb ring which is 877-672-7464. So good morning, Ryder. Hope that you're doing well this morning. Indeed. Good morning. Um... What about uh, financial news in the news? Uh, so I had I had two ideas for this. I'm just going to flip a coin, and we're going to go with uh, – there's a lot of chatter uh, recently about uh, um, self-driving cars. I know we've talked mm-hmm. about this a lot, and so it can kind of sound like we're going on about it. But um, 
there's a lot of people involved in this. You know, Google's been involved in self-driving cars for a long time. Uber, uh, Apple's recently jumped in the game, um, and of course, major car manufacturers like Ford. But recently, Google's division, Waymo, which deals with software for self-driving cars, uh, they have apparently, you know, there's there's talk that that might be able to be spun out. So we would have kind of one of the first, you know, self-driving car dedicated companies um, potentially soon. Uh, of course, you know, I don't know. I don't know if they would do that. Uh, Google has basically they have a lot of these these projects. They like to call them their moonshots. Um, they let their employees work on different projects, and if things show promise, then they'll kind of make a whole new division for it. And so that's one of those moonshot projects that's really gotten obviously a ton of attention lately, and is looking like a very valuable company all on its own. And it's interesting because uh, I heard the, in the news yesterday the Ford uh, was replacing their CEO, uh, and I heard an interview mm-hmm. on Marketplace with uh, isn't whatever whatever the Ford family is currently the head of the company, uh, but he mentioned that autonomous cars, the driverless cars, are where mm-hmm. the uh, industry is going, and he mentioned that as one of the uh, reasons for making the switch. That he said he he wasn't really criticizing the leadership of the current CEO, but said there was a different sort of leadership, a different kind of leader that was needed. And the, I think right. the guy who uh, who was appointed uh, did come from the autonomous, and I hope I'm saying that right, car uh, division of Ford. So this is something I think we're kind of really just on the cusp of this. So it'd be interesting to see how it develops. That's right. Um, What about the the latest terrorist attack? Uh, uh, Awful news at the uh, Ariana Grande concert in in London, or not in London, but in uh, England last night. Um, Do these sorts of things have effects on markets? And if so, what sort of effect does terrorism have on, on the financial world? Um, yes, they do. And I mean, if you'll remember back to 9-11, um, obviously much, much larger scale and in a city with the exchanges, uh, the exchanges shut down for a few days. And and that ended up uh, just the, the effects from, from the terrorist attack ended up being pretty terrible for the market. Um, but especially with these smaller things, and we've had a variety of these things happen, shootings you know, mass shootings or shootings in um, in the nightclub in Orlando and things like that, they have a mixed effect. Uh, smaller things like, you know, 30, you know, I don't want to call 30 people getting killed a small thing. It well, but no unfortunately, that's a small thing. Right. Um, but that has less impact and, and, and less people are saying this is going to be, this is a huge new trend. This is a huge new thing. Uh, that's going to impact things or, you know, often, okay, what is the response to that going to be? And uh, so, you know, if we think, oh, our response is going to be we're going to escalate war or we're going to escalate, you you know, our our efforts in the Middle East, you know, maybe you're going to see defense spending rise, then those companies might actually benefit from this. Um, You know, obviously, you know, our hearts go out to to everyone who's suffering in England, but, um, you know, England has a very long history of dealing with terrorist attacks very similar to this, uh, especially from uh, from the the, the Irish separatists. Um, so, you know, they actually deal with these things fairly well in a very characteristically British fashion, and just keep keep their heads up and keep on moving. So, um, 
I don't I don't know what impact that's going to have in the markets, but. But it is interesting the way, you know, when things are interconnected in society today. And it's interesting, uh, as you mentioned, just the, the idea of an exchange is closing out of deference mm-hmm. to the tragedy. That's a, a minor thing, but that's something that affects. And then um, absolutely. And as you mentioned, it's 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 sad to say that we, we do think of sort of as something with 30 people uh, killed or injured as, as not a big deal. It, it certainly is. But I think, uh, you know, the times we're in, it's unfortunately becoming maybe a little bit too commonplace and something yeah. that we're, uh, we're, we're not as shocked uh, um, because it's, it's, it's the frequency with which it's happening. I, yeah, and I think the main lesson is just like we, it, can, it can impact things both positively and negatively in the financial markets. And um, in the immediate aftermath especially, we just don't know how it's going to affect things. So. So we're going to be talking uh, today about uh, primarily about college students and then helping them get off uh, on the right foot financially speaking. Things about uh, maybe setting up a budget and uh, some tips for uh, for a freshman to think about when they're off in college in terms of their finances. And some of these things that I think can apply not only to uh, college students but anyone who's sort of um, embarking on their own uh, beginning, as uh, Jay put it, to step into the world of adulthood. Our producer Jay. Uh, um, uh, so uh, if you have any thoughts this morning, if you've had some recent experience with maybe um, a son or a daughter or yourself who was recently, uh, as we said, become an adult living on their own, uh, what are some lessons that you've learned? The number to call is one 672 That's 877-MPB-RING. It's an interesting article here that says Walmart wants to make sure its employees who take time off to serve in the military never have to take a pay cut. On Tuesday, the company announced a new pay policy for all full-time and part-time workers who leave for voluntary or involuntary military assignments. Walmart's pledge is to cover the difference in pay any time an employee's military salary is less than what he or she makes working at the store. So even when a worker is on a military assignment, they're guaranteed to earn at least as much as they would have been working in civilian life at Walmart. So that's an interesting uh, story and an applaudable effort by uh, Walmart to help out uh, those in the armed forces who, who uh, serve our country for us. That's a fantastic thing, and uh, you know, two two things that jump out at me about that is one, um, there's always a lot of efforts to get veterans employed, and they're generally speaking very good employees. Um, they're coming, they're coming to you with you know, very interesting world experience, great team building um, skills. Uh, they've you know had tons of training. Um, and the other thing is that Wal- so Walmart is going to pay them while they're away. So Walmart is doing their best to hang on to them, you know, because you know, if you're gone for you know six months or a year or something and you come back, you know, you might think, oh, you know, I've got you know, I've got all these options for where I go back to work. You know, I could change, change jobs. I can move, but Walmart's like, no, 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 no. We, we want you to keep working here. You know, uh, you were obviously a good employee before you left and we still need people working in our stores. And that's something that's happening, uh, all over in all different, all different sectors is people are having a hard time hanging on to good employees because uh, as the unemployment rate gets lower and lower, then it gets easier and easier for people to uh, find find a better job, find a new job if they just want to change. So Walmart's trying to just hang on, hang on to them. Yeah, I think that that helps out. Obviously, you don't have to retrain or train those employees. They know what they're doing. As you said, if they're good employees, uh, you certainly want to do everything you can uh, to keep them working uh, and to, uh, you know, for customer uh, service, that's 
sort of thing. Absolutely. Just good, good employees are obviously uh, good to have and, and rare to find sometimes. Absolutely. We've got some open phone lines. We're ready to talk today about sort of establishing yourself in uh, the world of adulthood, uh, financially speaking, primarily. So give us a call at one eight seven seven mpb ring It's one eight seven seven. Six seven two seven four six four. So, Roger, do you remember any kind of uh, interesting stories about when you were first starting out, uh, trying to? Uh, well, well, as we call, it, <laughs> you probably didn't have a whole lot of, but you're not sort of maybe the typical, but maybe some uh, just stories about stepping out, you know, going on your own, knowing that you were responsible for your own finances, that sort of thing? Um, yeah, well, no matter how well you prepare your kids for college, uh, Doing doing the personal finance stuff uh, on your own is going to be a new experience. Um, so even though you know I had had a bank account here since I was young, and I had you know had a debit card and knew about budgeting and stuff, um, and I'd had jobs, so I'd had you know my own money to spend before. Going, uh, going off to school and, you know, having to, you know, look at opening a new bank account and working with, uh, just in a different place. Uh, it's, it's all, it's all a little new and a little different because if you have any questions, it's not quite as easy just to fall back on, Oh, Hey mom, like, Mm -hmm. what do I do in this situation? (laughs) Um, so yeah, so no matter how well prepared you are, uh, there are still going to be there's it, it's just new having to do it on your own, and there's going to be um, we'll get to it later, but there's going to be a whole whole raft of temptations coming at you, and a whole bunch of things that because you're not under your parents' oversight and you're now just eighteen and you can do new stuff, um, a lot of a lot of new financial temptations are going to come at you too. I, I think that's an excellent point. You're right. You're on your own. You're, you're able to do things that you weren't able to do. You're with a different crowd of people. You're probably mm-hmm. away from home, maybe for the first time for an extended period of time. So uh, lots to deal with there. And I guess uh, from a parent's perspective, that's uh, something to keep in mind and maybe, uh, you know, keep a little tighter tabs on uh, your kids in that first year to help make sure that they uh, start going in the right direction. Yeah. We have got a caller on the line, but first let's take a quick break. When we get back, we've got Amy from Ocean Springs says she's got four kids in college. Amy, we're dying to hear your perspective and we'll get to that oh call boy. right after this break you're listening to money talks on mpb think radio back with more of the show after this From the Capitol steps to your front door, MPB News covers the state like no one else. Our team of award-winning journalists keeps you informed on the news affecting your life. MPB News, online at mpbonline.org and on MPB Think Radio. On the next Fix It 101, we want to make sure your house is standing on solid ground. Do you have cracks in your walls, uneven floors, or windows that will not close? If so, you may have a foundation problem, and that's no easy fix. So tune in tomorrow at 9 as we welcome Matt Chun from Structural Solutions to the Handyman Hangout, where we'll give you insight and advice on what to do if you have foundation problems at your home. That's Fix It 101 tomorrow at 9, only on MPB Think Radio. You're listening to Money Talks on MPB Think Radio. 
To call the show, dial 1-877-MPB-RING. That's 877-672-7464. Or email money at mpbonline.org. This is MPB Think Radio. Welcome back. This is Money Talks on MPB Think Radio. Kevin Farrell here with Ryder Taft, Portfolio Manager at New Perspectives. Nancy Lotter-Janderson is out this week. She'll be back on the show with us shortly. Uh, today we're talking about um, stepping into the world of adulthood and, and getting out on your own for the first time uh, and how to uh, uh, start that journey on firm financial footing. Give us a call if you're uh, in that situation, maybe someone who's just uh, graduated college and out on your own, and you can share your uh, experiences with us. Or if your son or daughter is in that position, or if you have a personal finance question of any kind, please give us a call today at one eight seven seven mpb ring Our phone number, one 672 We go to the phone lines. Amy's calling from Ocean Springs. Amy, you've got a great, unique perspective on this topic. So what do you have for us today? Hi, Amy, are you with us? Amy, we are having some phone issues. Mm-hmm. All right. I'm going to put you on hold, see if we can't work that out. We'd love to hear you. Uh, as I said, um, it says you've got four kids in college, so we'd uh, certainly like to hear that perspective for sure. In the meantime, we've got another caller on the line, so we go to Biloxi. Stop at this rest area. Jan is on the line. Good morning, Jan. Good morning. Uh, my question is my niece had a car repossessed six years ago, and just this morning at breakfast she was asking me what to do now because she's trying to purchase a house and this old credit issue is showing up and preventing her from getting a mortgage her credit since that time has been very strong okay um so six years usually things start rolling off uh man only six years things usually start rolling off after about seven years i believe um but what she might do, because, you know, uh, repossession, I mean, that's, you know, as long as it's totally legitimate, she's not going to get that, you know, just expunged from her record, just totally right. removed from her record. But what might be helpful is if she works with a uh, works with a mortgage person. Has she, has she looked at more than one mortgage company? I believe she has. Okay. Um and that's 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 tough if that's if that's going to keep her totally from getting one uh because often you know working with a mortgage person they can find they can find something that will work for her credit profile. Uh-huh. Um if if she's visited multiple uh multiple places and not found out, that's going to be very tricky. Um I know when people start looking at alternate financing you start getting into the subprime area and they start getting very high interest rates. And I would, you know, just be very cautious if that's what she ends up getting offered. Another thing, some people are also willing to look at doing uh, owner financing or lease purchase. I know we talked about that a couple of weeks ago. It's not the ideal scenario. And if you do go that route, make sure uh, that y'all have a real estate lawyer who understands that sort of contract and can explain to you very clearly what you're responsible for and um, what you own and when you own it. Uh, 
uh, if that was six years ago, I mean, that's hopefully that's going to start have less of an impact uh, now or in a few months or a year on her credit score. Um, we also discussed some a couple of weeks ago about a, a kind of kind of new type of credit score, the Vantage score. They're not using that for uh, for most mortgages, but there are some places that use the Vantage score, and that may because it has been such a long time that may be on her record a little bit uh, okay. that she may have a better credit score out of that way. One thing that she asked about was whether or not. Um, she should contact it was with uh, the repo was with Ford Motor Company. Mm-hmm. Whether she should contact them and and see if she could negotiate paying back a certain percentage in order to get it written off. And then she'd also heard about some law that was coming into place. I don't know anything about it, but it was that. Um, past things couldn't be held on your credit rating and and apparently it's some new law coming in so she didn't know whether she should wait for that to happen um i'm not 100 percent sure on that uh now it's definitely it's she if, if she has not if she has not made good on that old repossession then she should definitely try reaching out uh to whoever that is and that and because that's gonna that's gonna help a lot. Um, so reach out to them. I don't know that. I, I, I'm not really sure about the the law you're referring to. Okay. Again, I mean, it does take some time for things to go off your record. I mean, if you if you default on a loan and then wait a month, it's not gonna go away that quickly. Um, but again, it has been a long time. If she is not squared away with that, that could be what's keeping it uh, from, that could be what's holding her credit score back. Um, Jay White, our producer, found something, and, and I, I think a writer has hit upon something here, is that uh, we're correct that it's seven years, uh, it will roll off the credit report. So one thought might be if, if she could wait uh, until then to uh, go back into the house buying uh, biz or market, uh, that and then and possibly in the meantime build up some uh, money for a down payment or something else. But also they're saying that to get it removed before seven years, you need to go back and work out uh, with the original lender on the car loan to pay off the money. So the, the the major thing is if the car has been needs to be paid off first, uh, if you're going to try to get that removed. Otherwise, as we say, maybe wait if you can uh, till it rolls off. Or uh, I've often heard that, you know, um, credit unions are set up to try to be uh, useful to members. So there might be if, if she could join a credit union, uh, there might be a way to uh, help out in, in that regard. Is, is there any kind of like guideline, like like I said, maybe see if she could get settle this past um, loan, like ten cents on the dollar or fifteen cents on the dollar, or something like that. Is that is that even likely? Or when it's with a major car company? If yes, actually, if it's from six years ago, um, they'll probably take just about anything. They've probably already written it off on their books and then they're just trying to get a, you know, whatever they can then. Cause it doesn't, you know, it's not costing them anything to just like keep that in their Excel spreadsheet. Um, so she can probably knock that out for almost next to nothing. Um, and I think just a good, a good general guide here is if you have old, um, an old bankruptcy, an old default, uh, an old, an old repossession or something, 
just saying, oh, well, it's hit the rock bottom. It can't get any worse. And then waiting is not the right way to go about it. Make sure you deal with it and make sure the other party is satisfied and then and then time will start to heal that wound. But if, if the other party is not satisfied, no, that's, that's still a bad credit that is actively making your credit bad. All right, uh, Jan, thanks for the call. Hope that we could give you some assistance. We've got some open phone lines today. If you have a personal finance question like uh, Jan did, or if you'd like to talk about our topic this morning, and that's helping uh, young adults into uh, uh, the world of adulthood with a firm financial uh, basis to go on. So as we say, helping uh, maybe uh, high school kids, college kids, recent graduates, people who are just entering the work world out on their own, helping them get uh, off on the right foot financially speaking. So if you have a comment or a question along those lines, give us a call at one eight seven seven. MPB ring. Again, it's one 672 Let's see if we can get uh, Amy back calling in from Ocean Springs. Amy, uh, four kids in college. That's that's a lot to keep uh, up with. Uh, uh, what do you have for us today? Well, all of mine has, well, three of them graduated and all are working. So I guess we did some things right. <laughs> Way to go. Yay. Yeah. And, uh, but the main thing is, I have a couple of points. One is if your child has never held a job, now's the time for the summer job. They've mm-hmm. got to have a job. They need to do work study in school because those skills help them later on in life. And if you don't want your child to work, then you need to put them on a finite budget and stick to it so that they don't think they can just reach into their account and grab money whenever they want to. I'm mm-hmm. a single parent, so my children knew ahead of time that that wasn't going to happen. It wasn't an issue. Um, they should have a bank account and learn how to use it and learn how to keep it up. And this summer, this summer is the best time to do that. Give them a mountain of money and uh, have their deposit, their checks deposited there and make sure they know how to keep good records and not blow their money. That's the biggest thing. And then the final thing, well, there's so many more things I could tell you, but the final thing would be, Stay away from credit cards. The you know students are offered credit cards from the minute they even mm-hmm. before they get to school, they're offered these credit cards, and most kids think that's like free money. They know they've got to pay it back, but they don't realize the implications, how it's going to affect their credit. And I've seen so many kids ruined, and so many parents in arguments over this credit card thing. Um, mm-hmm. Do you want more? <laughs> <laughs> hey, we're we're happy to we're happy to take your tips as long okay. as you've got them. Amy, I've got a kind of a follow up. You talk about this kind of helping your kids, the, the setting up the bank account, making sure they have the jobs, that sort of thing. As you guided your kids into some of that stuff, uh, you know, encouraging to find that job, helping them get, open that bank account. What what was their attitude? Did they seem to be anxious to get started, excited, you know, kind of willing to buy into it, knowing uh, that you were trying to help them out in the long run? Well, my kids were. They had, like I said, I'm a single parent, so they all went to work. We had food on the table. Everybody had clothes, but they knew if they wanted extras, you know, that they had to chip in. So they worked ahead of time. I don't really think that they had bank accounts maybe till their senior year or even as going into college. But um, they were fairly thrifty, you know. Um, They had to help pay part of their rent once they got apartments. They are all of their rent. They shared with people, you know. Um, all of this is the college experience, and it's kind of part of growing up. And then when things got really desperate, they would sometimes call me, you know. But they often knew I didn't have it because I still, at one point in time, had other children at home, 
you know, in junior high and high school. So um, the biggest thing is to, I understand if you have the financial ability to provide for your child and you don't want them to work in college. I totally get that. But they should have a finite amount that they are allowed to spend each month and not go over that budget. Or they have to, like, sit down and write you a letter or something that explains why they need that money. That's that's an excellent point, and and it gets to you know look college is a is a big new exciting time, but they need to be learning uh, real world lessons and managing your own finance. That's a very big real world lesson that they're not going to just teach in a class. And so you know, like you said, you know, some parents do have the ability to just take care of their kids while they're in school those those children are not necessarily learning that real world lesson and so when they get out of college they will still have more to learn so absolutely props to you for raising four sounds like excellent children and getting them through college and and getting them you know as as well functioning adults as soon as they graduated that's um you're you're that's pretty excellent um well thanks they did it um they did it themselves mm-hmm. they're you know, they were good students, they worked hard, they took a gap semester every once in a while, you know, to Absolutely. make sure that they had finances and all, but they've all done really well with their lives, you know, and I I think that part of it, I'm not patting myself at all, it all falls on them because they were just driven to to do these things, you know, and to make their lives good. All right. Amy, thanks for the call. Some great insight there, and I, I think that you should you deserve part of the credit for helping guide those kids and all, and you know, kind of raising them up to be the kind of kids that they are. And so it seems to me that she was able to kind of give them enough rope to where they began to get a sense of their independence. But she was there as a fallback in case something happens. I think that's absolutely a, a great story. Need to take a quick break. When we get back, we got some callers on the line and some open phone lines as well. So if you have a personal finance question or want to talk about how to help a young adult into the world of adulthood, financially speaking, give us a call today at one eight seven seven mpb ring Our phone number is one 672 7464 We'll be back with more after this. Podcasts of your favorite MPB Think Radio programs are available now. With any podcast app, you can search, subscribe, and never miss a second of MPB Think Radio. You count on MPB News for in-depth coverage of issues that matter to you. The state's ongoing opioid epidemic. A bill to allow guns in churches. The child welfare crisis. And the best radio newscast in the state. Those are just a few of the stories behind 10 new Associated Press Awards and another Edward R. Murrow Award. For the award-winning coverage you've come to expect, count on us. We are MPB News. We are MPB News. We are MPB News. We are MPB News. You're listening to Money Talks on MPB Think Radio. To call the show, dial 1-877-MPB-RING. That's 877-672-7464. Or email money at mpbonline.org. 
This is MVB Think Radio. Welcome back to Money Talks on MPB Think Radio. Kevin Farrell here with Ryder Taft, Portfolio Manager at New Perspectives. We're looking for any personal finance questions that you have today. Also, we're talking about uh, helping young folks uh, enter the world of adulthood, financially speaking, helping them get off on firm financial footing as they go out on their own. So if you have um, some questions related to that or an experience that you'd like to share, either uh, with yourself, someone you know, or maybe your children, give us a call at one eight seven seven. MPB Ring. Our phone number is one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four. Back to the phone lines we go. We begin again in Mobile. Dave has called in today. Good morning, Dave. Good morning. What do you have for us? Okay, uh, this is kind of uh, in retrospect. Our children are now both in their forties, okay. and fortunately, are both doing very well. But going back to uh, when they were teenagers, they, as soon as they turned 16, on their own, both got part-time jobs. We helped them open checking and savings accounts. And from every paycheck, their part-time job, they put a small amount into savings. While we were doing this, we instilled in them that you have to learn to separate needs from wants. Mm -hmm. And you take care of your needs before you consider the wants. Um, We live across from the University of South Alabama. And uh, in their library, they now have a Starbucks. And we are really surprised at the number of students who several times a day go into Starbucks and get, you know, a five or a six dollar, you know, coffee, what have you. And, you know, the money that they are spending there, they have not learned that, you know, you don't do that because you are looking at your wants before meeting your needs and they're running up just terrible expenses so uh wants and needs and uh you know that with our kids seem to be a uh, a good factor in them being where they are today all right, uh, Dave. Good, some good points there. I think uh, the you know the the wants and needs thing is so you know uh, maybe uh, if you're helping your kids uh, kind of prepare for life, teach them that whole thing. Every time you're you're going to buy something, think to yourself, you know, is this something I really need or is it just something that I just want? Do you need a super grand latte coffee or whatever, or can you get maybe uh, a cheaper coffee somewhere else or you know along those lines or brew, brew some at home, something like that? Uh, and I think this is uh, you know both. Both callers uh, talking about their their kids in college have said the same thing. They introduced their their kids to uh, earning money and uh, the mechanics of having a bank account and a savings account before they went to school. And really, you know, it's earlier is better. I mean, I think in the beginning of the show, you said, you know, how, you know, when should you start teaching your kids about, about finance? Um, you know, I don't know, maybe when they're like four or five years old, (laughs) um, because, because, and 
Amy pointed out, you know, kids are, you know, bombarded with credit card offers and this is a new thing and they can really, they can really mess up with that if they don't know how to deal with that. And she's absolutely right. If you have not taught your kids about credit, if they haven't used a credit card before, then don't let them use it when they get to school and don't have somebody making sure they don't mess up because you can get in a lot of trouble real fast. But even just a bank account, you know, you can you can run into a lot of fees with a bank account. You can, you know, if you just make it a habit of withdrawing money from the ATM every time you need to spend money, you're going to spend, you know, three dollars for every twenty dollars you spend. It's going that's a, an absurd amount. So so getting people started uh, with the the mechanics of doing these things, you know, just show them how a bill is paid, show them how to safely buy something online, show them how to use a bank account, you know, tell them the questions they need to ask uh, when they are talking with their banker about their card or talking with um, somebody about a credit card. Tell them what they need to be looking for and help them understand those total costs so that when when they get there and when they don't have you looking over their shoulders, then they'll at least be familiar with those things. And, and like I said before, you know, no matter how familiar you are with these things, it's going to be new and it's going to be different and doing it on your own is different. But if you're not familiar with them at all, then you, you, there are just so many ways you can run into trouble. And I know, you know, most parents aren't probably like, how do you get into trouble with a savings account? I don't know. But, but if you don't tell your kids about how to use a savings account, they'll figure out a way to get in trouble with a savings account. And you will find out real quick. You know, I was fairly lucky when I was in college. I lived at home. So I, what, there was not quite all of the, of the different things that uh, folks, uh, kids who go away to college experience. But I will say one quick lesson I learned in terms of bank accounts and that sort of thing. I had opened up a checking account because I did have a part-time job. And I think it was one of my first paychecks. I went to deposit it. I didn't know my um, account number. So I gave them my name and I put the money in. Well, then I got a bounced check the next time and, and uh, you know, I spent some money. And it turns out when after doing some investigating that at the bank, there were two people named Kevin Farrell, both having an account there. Yikes. And so because I didn't know my account number, uh, they put it in the other guy's account. So See? And that is how you get in trouble with a savings account. <laughs> Which is to... also why I now sign my name Kevin W. Farrell because That's... I think I, I'm the only one of those around. There you go. There you go. Somebody will find out a way to mess it up. <laughs> Let's uh, head back to the phone lines. We've got John calling in from South Haven with a question today. Good morning, John. You're on the air. Good morning. I have a question about FICA score. Okay. Um, monthly, I get a FICA score along with my credit card bill. Okay. And recently, my score has fallen from 834 to 805. Should I be concerned about that? Um, did that just, did that just happen or has it fallen to 805 and stay there? Well, it just happened. It first fell to eight seventeen, and then it fell to eight oh five. And is there anything that you know you've been doing? I mean, have you opened up new accounts recently? Have you uh, recently uh, maybe not m missed a missed a payment date on anything? Never missed a payment. Um, I always pay it off uh, monthly. So I don't carry a balance. 
Mm-hmm. Um, so a fluctuation of 29 points is, is not huge, uh, and 805 is still an excellent, excellent score. So you don't have anything to worry about, you know, with the actual number. Uh, one thing I would watch out for, there, there's a, I mean, there's a number of things that go into this, and it can even be... You know, for say you your your credit utilization ratio. Say on your credit card, they you had a credit limit of ten thousand dollars, and if you had been going along and just putting a thousand dollars on it every month and paying that off, and your balance never exceeded a thousand dollars, even if just for a minute or a day, uh, then that would be very good. Having that ratio below ten percent is the best. Having it below thirty percent is is very very good. Um, but then if you may a large purchase one month and that credit utilization they when they measured it it was much higher uh, that could have that could have a small impact and that could potentially have enough impact to bring your credit score down a couple of points like like happened uh, okay so yeah, something like that. There's there's a bunch of small things. I mean, obviously the huge thing is are you paying your bills on time? That's I mean, that's like 30% of 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 the whole score. So uh so you know, that's going to be your biggest thing. Um but you know, there's just there there are small things like, you know, uh you know, how many accounts do you have open, you know, it's good to it's it appears good if you have a number of accounts and you're managing them well. Um, that looks better than simply having one account and managing it well. Uh, so, you know, if you closed an old account, that could have a small effect. Uh, if you stopped using a card, that could have a small effect. But a- again, the magnitude of that change is is not very significant. Um, it's really good that you can keep your eye on it because if it keeps going down, then you might need to first think about what you've been doing and make sure, you know, it's like okay, have I done something? Um, secondly, go uh, pull a pull a pull a free credit report and see if there is anything on it that that was not you, anything on it that is unusual or suspicious, and um, and when you do that, make sure. Um, so when they when your credit card company sends you your credit score, they should be telling you. Uh, which credit reporting agency they got that from. And so you can make sure you're getting that credit reporting agency's report because you know each each of the three agencies, uh, Equifax, TransUnion, and uh, my mind just went blank on the last one. Uh, Experian. Experian. Uh, each of those three will have a different credit report and they may be slightly different and their scores will be slightly different. So if you're worried about one particular score going down, then look at that particular report and see if there's anything unusual. But like I said, um, a change like that is, is, not, is not very significant and your credit is still very good. Yeah, John, thanks for the call. 805, great uh, score there. And I would say almost uh, can you check your credit score too often? It's almost like if you're losing weight and you weigh yourself every single day, you're going to see the the minor ups and downs and it's more maybe of a trend that you're looking for. Yeah, that is is one thing. Um, 
because it's gotten easier and easier and easier for people to check their credit scores. I mean, I saw a commercial the other day where people were like, oh, you should check your credit score like all the time. And I just think that's the most ridiculous thing because, you know, the noise from month to month doesn't necessarily mean anything. I mean, it can change 20, you know, 10 or 20 points for for no no real reason at all. Um and so, and so they're watching it too closely could be problematic, but just as well being, having the option to see it every month, um, it'll, that'll indicate to you very quickly if something's gone wrong. That's much better than like waiting two years to find out someone took out a mortgage in your name. Mm-hmm. Um, but just be, you know, be careful about what that information means and what you do with it. And I think uh, you had a good tip there. You know, I think a lot of times we forget that we get a free credit report from each of the reporting agencies uh, once a year. So mm-hmm. uh, take advantage of that. If you're if you're noticing some interesting things going on with that score, try to see what's uh, behind it on the credit report and see if you can find anything there. One uh, final break this hour. We'll get back a couple more calls to get to and some open phone lines. So if you'd like to join in today, the number is one eight seven seven mpb ring Our phone number, one 672 7464. We'll be back with more after this. Information presented on Money Talks is meant to provide general information about the topics discussed and is not necessarily the opinion of Mississippi Public Broadcasting. The information presented does not create any type of relationship between the hosts and guests and the listening audience. Please consult a financial advisor or any other qualified professional for guidance about your personal finance questions. Hi, this is Grassroots host Bill Ellison. You know, after more than 20 years, you'd think I might have run out of Bill Monroe and Doc Watson songs to play. Well, not so. The bluegrass, acoustic, and folk music scene is vibrant with new names like Sarah Jarose and the Punch Brothers. There are always new stories from Guy Clark and Ramblin' Jack, and legendary bluegrassers Ralph Stanley and Del McCurry are still high and lonesome. And besides, I still find a song from Bill and Doc I've never played. Join me Saturday night at 8 for Grassroots on MPB Think Radio. If you're a sustaining member of MPB Think Radio, we appreciate your support of our programs. To become a sustainer, go to mpbonline.org. L.A. has the nation's highest number of homeless veterans, but it's taken years to make space for some of them on a 400-acre VA campus. Somehow the VA there did have room for gardens, a baseball stadium, even a parrot sanctuary. It's mating season, so we hear a lot of the squawking on the campus here. That story this afternoon on All Things Considered from NPR News. Today at 4 on NPB Think Radio. This is MPB Think Radio. Mississippi is our mission.
Welcome back to Money Talks on MPB Think Radio. Kevin Farrell here with Ryder Taft, Portfolio Manager at New Perspectives. We've been taking some personal finance questions today and also talking about helping young people get on firm footing, financially speaking, when they go out uh, on their own in the world for the first time. We've got some open phone lines if you'd like to call in at one eight seven seven mpb ring The number is one 672 Seven four six four. Ryder, this is a somewhat related uh, issue. You yeah. know that uh, you've got some news from uh, State Treasurer Lynn Fitch's office on uh, the college uh, savings plan. Yeah. So, like I was saying, you know, getting start. It's always better to get started earlier. And uh, she is going all the way in. Uh, you know, the the state offers a five to nine college savings plan. Well, on five twenty nine. Uh, mm-hmm. So let's see. That's in just a couple more days. Now six more days. Two newborns um, will receive a five hundred twenty nine dollar five two nine account. All right. Uh, So so get started as early as possible. But nobody is going to get started as fast as two lucky babies uh, (laughs) next week. So thank you, Lynn Fitch, for that. And it would be more information maybe on the the website. Yes. uh, Treasure Lynn Fitch, I believe. Let's see. Is her. Let's see. It's treasurelinfitch.com, mm-hmm. um, and there's some more information there. So there are specific hospitals uh, that are participating. I think she said there's 16 uh, specific hospitals, and it's just if you're one of the two babies they select uh, from all the babies born in those hospitals on those days, then you might be the lucky one. All right. Or your your baby will be the lucky one. <laughs> Uh, let's head back to the phone lines. We'll start again in Jackson. Frank has called in today. Good morning, Frank. Good morning. Good morning. Two things, a comment and then a question. Okay. Uh, I agree with the co-host's uh, admonition to get your kids involved as early as possible in talking about finances. Uh, we did it in a kind of informal way. We would have discussions around the table about who we're going to spend and, you know, money, et cetera, et cetera. And, uh, the kids kind of picked up on that without it being a sit down and let me tell you how to do this. Mm-hmm. So, in fact, they would join the conversation. Well, Dad, you said we weren't going to do that. <laughs> <laughs> that that's that's fantastic to model that behavior earlier. So, you know, they they understand and they 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 get to be mature and walk into that conversation on their own. That's a really good way of doing it. Exactly, exactly. Number two, I've got a problem. All right. I've got uh, account at a bank, which I won't name. And I have overdraft protection. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I was getting the uneasy feeling that these folks were, were manipulating when they would recognize a purchase. Oh, yeah. So they would generate more fees. Yep. Now, I know there was a, a lawsuit about that a long time ago. So I started tracking this. Every day I would mm-hmm. make a copy on the website of how they were recognizing uh, purchases and applying it to my account. Well, I had proof that they were, in fact, doing that. Mm-hmm. So I went to see them, and they said, well, what you have on the Internet is not official. It makes no difference what we have. The, we have the absolute authority to determine when we can credit or debit any amount to your account. Yes. Now, where can I go with something like this? The, uh, what, the Better Business Bureau or the Consumer Protection Agency or the Mississippi Attorney General? Where do I go? Go to a new bank that isn't going to do that to you. They all um, do it. I check with my friends, and they say they all do it now. In the old days, they would just do it, but now they're just thinking about uh, and 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 the 
vendors will tell you, we are going to, you're going, you, we're going to, you're making this purchase. We're going to send it to your bank, but it will be credited in accordance with the bank's procedures. Right. And then I go to the bank, and they say, well, it all depends when certain verifying information comes from the vendor, and it's it's mm-hmm. a circle that you can't get out of. And they all do it. Trust Mark. All I've asked my yes. friends to say, yeah, we've noticed that. But they say it's cheaper to have uh, overdraft protection than to pay for a check that doesn't doesn't pass, and you still have to pay the same amount anyway. So what's the difference? Right. So, uh, and, and just for, for people who aren't necessarily familiar with this, what they'll do, say you had three, say you had a hundred dollars left in your bank account and you have three expenses. You have something for a hundred fifty dollars. You have something for twenty dollars and something for ten dollars. Um, if those expenses all show up to the bank around the same time and they do have a lot of leeway and there are some reasons, some pretty legitimate reasons they might need to wait. I mean, for instance, sometimes vendors don't process this stuff for a few days. Uh, maybe you wrote it as a check and they haven't, you know, they didn't process that check before the end of the day. They will very often people will see them stacking those expenses in such a way that it maximizes the times it hits you on the overdraft. So if you had $100 left, say that $10 expense came in first. Well, they're not in a rush to get that paid, so they let that sit there. Then the $20 expense comes in. They're not in a rush to get that paid, so they let it sit there for a little bit longer. And then that $150 expense comes in. They hit the $150 expense, so your account goes into you know the overdraft area and then they hit the two more and so that's three times that it overdrafted when if they had done it in the order that it came in then the overdraft you wouldn't you wouldn't have hit it three times you only would have hit it once so that's called um some people call it stacking. I don't know if there's a formal name for it. Um, it definitely goes on no matter how many times your kind, sweet banker tells you that they're definitely not doing that. And they do have the authority and there's not a whole lot you can do. Now, there are, a f- there are in fact, some banks that do not charge for their overdrafting. Some will set it up so that the overdraft just comes directly out of your savings account. Again, as Frank pointed out, you absolutely need to make sure that they're not going to charge you fees for that because all they're doing, if it's coming from your savings account, all they are doing is just using your money to pay your expenses and they should not be charging you for that. Um, there, So there are some banks that do that. There are some banks that have free overdraft. I, you know, you have to look around and you have to ask for them. Um, um, and there are, if you if you put your expenses on a credit card, instead of hitting them all through your debit card, then you have a little more control over that as well. All right, Frank, thanks for the call. My suggestion would be in terms of the Better Business Bureau or the AG's office, I would go to the Consumer Protection uh, Division of the Attorney General's office and probably see what uh, happens there. <clears throat> That's going to wrap us up for today. Money Talks is a production of MPB Think Radio, funded in part by generous financial support from you, our listeners. Our show was produced by Jay White, and our call screener today was Java Chapman. So for Ryder Taff, I'm Kevin Farrell, inviting you to stay tuned. Up next, it's In Legal Terms, and we'll be back next Tuesday at 9 for another Money Talks right here on MPB Think Radio.